Hey, sweet sunshine. Welcome to the Missing Ingredient with Gwen, a podcast for people who want to feel healthy and empowered and confident and excited about their future. I'm your host, Gwen. I'm a certified functional medicine life coach, and I am excited to share today's episode with you. This is a spicy topic for me, I guess, kind of like everything else that I talk about here, but this one is a good one. Today, we're talking about the three things that lead you to your best diet, and here they are right out of the gates. Number one is the one that makes you feel good, genuinely. Number two, the one that has nothing to do with diet culture. And number three, the one that is diverse in phytonutrients. Now, you know I'm going to break this down. The most important one, in my opinion, to know and understand is number one. The best diet is the one that makes you actually, genuinely feel good. Physically and mentally and emotionally. And I don't mean the one that makes you look a certain way or the one that makes you morally superior in some way. I mean the one that genuinely makes your meat bag feel good. And here's what I've realized after working and talking to hundreds of people about this. Most of us don't actually know what it means to genuinely feel good. I know that's kind of a bold and slightly scary statement, and I wish I was exaggerating, but I just do not think I am. I know that there are some of y'all here who listen to this who actually do feel good, and some of y'all are my clients and have done the work and now do know what it feels like to feel good, and I love that, and I love that you're here, but then there's a lot of us that don't know. And I mean me, not now, but before. I remember clearly the first time I felt good as an adult and it blew my mind. I felt alert and like I had energy, energy like below energy and I woke up fresh and jazzed and excited for the day and I didn't get bloated or hangry or have gut drama or crazy food cravings and honestly I can't fully explain it like I know I'm just saying words right now but when you feel it you would know what I was talking about it's like this vibrancy that's suddenly available like you just didn't even know it was there and now suddenly It is there. I can't explain it. Listen, I can't explain it. There's actually more to it as well. Like um, having more patience and less kind of reliance on food to comfort or and less energy crashes and just feeling more confident because you genuinely feel good physically at that time, I probably looked exactly the same as when I started. Actually, certainly I did. But just having that shift in feeling immediately makes you feel more confident as a human being because you feel good. 
Most of us are missing this in our lives because our brain will normalize how however we feel out of necessity because we can't always be living in the noticing of how crappy we feel that would be detrimental to our survival as a human instead it normalizes all of the shittiness it tells us it's normal to always feel bloated and gassy and tired and run down and short of breath and short of temper and short of patience it tells us it's normal to have bathroom urgency or complete lack of bathroom urgency, which is then followed by floodgates of bathroom urgency. I'm sorry (laughs) if this is too TMI, but it is a very real part of many people's lives. We're normalizing chronic diseases and autoimmune diseases because they're so common now, but they are not normal. And I'm not throwing shade, not in the least but I am calling it out because it is not normal. And we've normalized depression and anxiety and overwhelm and burnout and exhaustion and, you know, incredible hormone swings. We've normalized acid reflux and feeling sick and gassy and bloated and just genuinely feeling like a dumpster fire. Like so many people are just feeling unwell and we've just normalized that. We've just normalized feeling like a pile of, burning garbage. Man, I am just coming at you with a pep talk today. (laughs) Hot garbage is legitimately different for each and every one of us. And also there's like what each one of us is willing to tolerate is unique as well, right? And all of this, our brain has normalized for us. So we feel normal and can just keep on keeping on. But in some small way, so many of us are thinking, what in the actual fuck is going on? This is not how I pictured my life. This is not how I wanted to feel. This is not how I want to go through my days, right? Because there's another part of us that wants more, that wants to be able to run after our kids or our grandkids, that wants to feel wild and free when our kids head off to college. We want to feel whole and happy and fulfilled and like we have a full tank of gas and the zest and vibrancy to get after life. We want to love and be loved and feel confident and like we can trust our body and trust ourselves. I am digressing a little bit. (laughs) So there's always this duality of things happening for us and I know that it's nuanced, but these are really common human desires that we often will hold back because of how we feel in our body. We'll hold ourselves back from really going for the life that we want because we just don't have enough energy in the tank. And, you know, I might be getting a bit carried away here, but just stick with me because Probably about 12 years ago, I started experimenting with diet changes. And over the years, I've done everything. I've cut gluten and sugar and meat and then did the Whole30 and then went fully plant-based and then did the autoimmune protocol and then paleo and then keto and then the Mito food plan, which is like a modified version of keto, but much more sustainable, actually. 
I've done slow carb and low carb and all the carbs. I've done um, the Institute for Functional Medicine's Get Reset elimination diet a few times, multiple times, and their detox, like for offloading toxin plans. And I've done the low FODMAP for SIBO. And in between all of these, I've just been doing my own things, right? And what I can tell you is that because of this, albeit a bit outrageous amount of exploration, I do know for sure what my body likes and doesn't like. I have done this partially because it's my job and I kind of always want to know what people are experiencing when they do um, certain elimination diets or make dietary changes. I want to know. I just want to know how it feels. I want to know what the challenges are. I want to know what the struggles are. I want to know what the potential is. But I also, because I'm just forever amazed with the power of food and how it can make us feel and heal people. And also, of course, make people very sick. We don't like to talk about that because we like our donuts and Doritos too much to admit that they make us sick. Not quickly, but slowly. They absolutely do. And I've probably lost a bunch of listeners right at that little caption of moment, but I'm going to keep going and stick with me because here's what it all comes down to. And I can say this with confidence. Your ideal diet is yours. And hold on, let's pause for a hot second on the word diet. We talk about diet and we immediately think about diet culture. I am not talking about diet culture. I am talking about it like we're, you know, exploring diet in different parts of the world. Like in Greece, they eat a diet primarily made of seafood on certain islands because it's widely available. All right. So your ideal diet is very much your own. It is based on your microbiome, which is like your fingerprint. Nobody has the same one as you. It is your own. And it's based on your bio-individuality and where you're at in life. And it might change and ebb and flow, but it absolutely is yours. It belongs to you. This is big news because it means that It's your job to figure out your ideal diet based on your own data. And don't come at me with, I eat whatever I want and feel fine. If you eat crap, you feel like crap. You just don't know you can feel better than you do right now. All right? If you eat food that is not real wholesome food, You feel like crap and you just don't know that you can feel better than you do right now. That is a hard truth. I want you to let it sink in. I know it's harsh, but it is true. The exception, of course, is young people. But even then, in America right now, something like 54% or something of children have a chronic disease diagnosis. 54%. That is a lot. Even the young people don't feel good anymore, which is just heartbreaking. Here's the other big thing. Sometimes you might not even be eating like crap. When we went fully plant-based, even though I was eating very well, I was cooking all the foods. I was very intentional and very, I took it very seriously. It is my job. I felt really bad. I lost all my energy and I gained weight and I started having acid reflux again. And actually, my husband got really sick. 
But that, my love, is a story for another day. Plant-based didn't work for us at that time. Will it someday? Maybe. One never knows. I am never going to exist purely in one camp. No way. Now, my mom, on the other hand, thrives when she eats primarily plant-based these days. The point is, it is your job to figure out what supports your personal body feeling its best. And it is different for everyone, which is amazing because then we just we can just stay in our own lane and do our own thing and not be worried about what the neighbor is doing or what your sister or your aunt or whatever. You just do what makes your body feel fantastic and let other people figure that out themselves. And listen, it's really important to understand that some things are meant to last a short period of time. Some things have been created to heal your gut or reduce inflammation in your gut and body. And these are therapeutic plants. They're meant to help you heal. Like an elimination diet, which I personally love and recommend to anyone who wants to feel better or create a new baseline health concept, right? Unfortunately, this is something the diet world has taken and created this idea that we should be doing a crazy elimination diet to lose weight rapidly, which rapid weight loss is never about sustainability and actually keeping weight off. The diet world has actually taken all kinds of therapeutic plans and turned them into a toxic relationship with food, turned them into diet culture. Everything from keto to paleo to just all of them. Um, And I want you to know that when I talk about understanding what your body needs to feel great, I'm not talking about living in this diet culture world. I really dislike that world, okay? Which leads us directly to number two. Your best diet has nothing to do with diet culture. Nothing at all. The challenge is we've sort of lost sight of food just being food and created the idea that the only reason to restrict things is for weight loss instead of eliminating things because we want to actually feel good which is an entirely different vibe. When we eliminate things because we want to feel good, we can feel empowered and healthy and happy about our choices. That doesn't mean it's easy exactly, but the vibe is entirely different. When we eliminate things for weight loss, it feels disempowered and puts us into this sort of scarcity mode. Our job is to figure out how and what we eat that actually makes us feel good and then stick to that as best we can and pay attention if it changes. We've got to leave room for change. We're always changing, especially if you're a woman or in a woman's body. I mean, it's always changing. The ebb and flow of hormones is legit. And please understand that this conversation about avoiding diet culture is not a permission slip to eat like crap. (laughs) The goal here is to genuinely feel good physically, mentally, and emotionally. And as mentioned, you cannot feel good if you're eating like crap or you're eating in a way that doesn't support your health, right? So pay attention to why you're doing something. Have you eliminated all carbohydrates because you're trying to lose weight, but then find yourself binging on like Nutella and baguette? 
there's a good chance you need to introduce some healthy carbs back into your life to help regulate your hormones, right? Eating for your personal health has nothing to do with living in a caloric deficit for the rest of your life. You cannot be losing weight for the rest of your life. It's impossible and unsustainable and the worst, right? I talk about weight loss a few episodes back and how to do it so you succeed and so you feel fantastic. So if that's of interest to you, you should scroll back and check it out because it's a good one. Now, let's get into number three, which is a little bit of a goalpost for you, which is phytonutrients, baby. I mentioned already that I eat meat. That's what works for my body, for me. But it's important to know that most of us, the vast majority of us, will benefit from eating a wide and diverse variety of plants on a daily basis. This is universally agreed upon by pretty much everyone. But even in its sort of universal fact factness, <laughs> I have honestly worked with people who cannot tolerate plants at all because they are in such a state of inflammation. This is why the carnivore plan was created for people who cannot digest plants due to raging gut inflammation. And in my opinion, in my experience, it's not a forever plan because we get so much of our health defending nutrients from plants. The phytochemicals are the things that help our body work. They stimulate enzymes that help the body get rid of toxins and boost immune system and improve cardiovascular health and promote healthy estrogen metabolism and stimulate the death of cancer cells. The best way to sort of do this is to practice eating the rainbow um, which might sound a little bit cheesy, but it's how we ensure we're getting a wide range of phytochemicals. And even within each color, we want to be adding in diversity. If we eat the same foods over and over again, even if they are colorful, we may be missing the sort of plethora of other phytonutrients across the spectrum, right? Rather than getting all the blue purple phytonutrients from say blueberries, you might want to try other blue purple foods like purple potatoes or purple rice or purple cabbage, all of which give you very different phytonutrients within the purple blue color of the rainbow. One helpful tip is to try new foods every week to ensure getting as many phytonutrients as possible. This is a really fun project to get your family involved in. I love encouraging my kids in this kind of area. They're just like at the best age to kind of send them out into the produce aisle and pick out something every time I bring them to the grocery store that maybe we haven't tried before, we haven't had in a long time or something that, that looks unique and interesting to them. I especially like encouraging this because it actually, because it's actually about adding in foods instead of subtracting, which naturally is more enticing to our brain, right? We love the concept of like adding more things to try um, and that can really help us stay out of our kind of freak out mode of like eliminating certain things. As a culture, we seem to be really hung up on sort of how many calories we're eating, which is, in my opinion, a small waste of time, or how much protein we're getting, which is essential, of course. But 
we're often missing the understanding of why we eat plants. Phytonutrients have benefits like changing the structure and function of cells. Certain phytonutrients can radically change how the liver metabolizes toxins, whereas other phytonutrients like those found in blueberries play a role in specific areas of the brain responsible for learning and memory. People who eat more plant foods tend to have lower rates of cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, dementia, you know, gut health issues, and other chronic health conditions like just for days. So that's why I've included this as number three. I'm, I'm putting up the goalpost here. I'm not telling you what plants to eat or that some plants are superfoods and others are a waste of your time. I'm just telling you that plants are what we eat that actually optimize our body and how it functions, right? And yeah, make sure you're eating ad adequate protein and healthy fats as well. And also eat a wide range of colorful plants and pay attention to how your body reacts to things. Sometimes certain plants won't be your friend. Sometimes things will need to be cooked in order for you to tolerate them, right? That's so real with onions and garlic and leafy greens. Sometimes you'll need to cut something out for a while so your body can heal and then you'll be able to bring it back in. Sometimes you'll just always feel better when you don't eat something. So you'll just never want to eat it again. That just happens. The whole premise is for you to just start paying attention to your body and how it's reacting to what you're eating. Know that it's your body and your body doesn't give a fuck if you're eating plant-based or paleo or keto or the Mediterranean diet or the autoimmune protocol. It has no idea what any of those things are, but it does know how to feel good if you give it a chance. Your body is just always waiting for that opportunity. It is so happy to feel good. It wants you to fight through the mental drama of figuring out how to eliminate things that just spike your dopamine, but also spike you feeling like shite. And because gut health is my favorite thing in the world, I always suggest doing an elimination diet of some sort, even for 10 days. Um, the outcome of that is just so much more information and understanding of what it means to feel good. Like legit. I have yet to do an elimination diet with somebody who hasn't said, oh my God, I had no idea how bad I felt until I felt better. That is like a universal lived experience of anyone who has experimented with an elimination diet. And it's not forever. It's just to gain that deeper understanding of your body and then figure out the balance for you. Um, if you randomly want to learn more, you can email me or DM me or whatever about elimination diet options, but ultimately just give it a go. I mean, there's a ton of information on the internet. I'm happy to provide as much information as I can for free um, because there's just literally no downside to cutting out dairy or gluten or highly processed food for a couple of weeks. Like, as long as you're not replacing those things with things that are worse for you or that are nutritionally void. Like a lot of gluten-free options are just really not great in quality. So 
that's never the goal. You know, if you are planning to do some kind of elimination diet or you are planning to eliminate gluten, um, I always encourage that at that same time you think, okay, I'm eliminating this ingredient and instead of replacing it with gluten-free bread, I'm going to replace it with um, a whole bunch more plants. That's always the goal. (laughs) Okay. Sweet love. I hope you're feeling inspired to start understanding your body and understanding what your body needs to feel fantastic. It is such a game changer and it is not easy, but if you want to feel better in your body, this is such a powerful place to start. Just figuring out what it takes. What is your personal recipe? What really does it even feel like or mean for you to feel amazing? And you can ask yourself, you know, what would be the outcome of you feeling fantastic? What would the outcome be of you having more energy and vibrancy and zesty goodness, right? It is normal. It's a normal thing to want to feel good. It is nor- it's a normal thing to want to feel better than you currently do or to want to learn how to take care of your body so that you create the future you want, right? It's normal to have those feelings. So listen to them and lean into that hope for inspiration and the courage required to create change in your life. It's not easy. You know, when I work with clients, I'm always like this, never underestimate how much courage and and badassery it takes to make dietary changes. We just think of it in context of like some kind of challenge or like whatever, but it takes a lot. And then to figure out how to sustain inside of that, it, has a huge impact on relationships and um, social environments and all the things. So it's not a small thing, but it is amazing. So, you know, give it a try in any capacity. It has just started monsooning out. I hope you can hear that because it is one of my favorite sounds. All right. Remember, sweet love, if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe and share this with your people. Who knows who needs to hear this in your life right now, but chances are somebody does, right? Somebody needs to take that step and commit to themselves. The outcome is so surprising every time we think, oh yeah, I'm going to become intentional around eating and, you know, maybe I'm going to lose some weight and I'm going to feel a little bit better. But ultimately, we learn so much about ourselves and we learn so much about ourselves through the process of healing our relationship with food and gaining a deeper connection to our body. And just, it's really powerful. Okay, kind of going on. This is way longer than I thought it was going to be. I told you I'm a little bit spicy about eating um, for energy and eating to create the health and the vibrancy that you want. I want that for everybody so bad. And listen, you know there's no space for perfection here. That is not how I roll. We are human beings and there's delicious things out there in the world that we may enjoy sometimes. And that is fine. If your body can tolerate it, hell yeah. Enjoy things in life to some extent. Just not every damn day. Okay? You are worth investing your time and energy into feeling fantastic. You are worth the energy that it takes to make change. 